Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 193. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of the Lend at Fintech conference. Today's episode is sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA 2019, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's going to be happening April 8th through 9th at Moscone West in San Francisco. We're going to be covering digital banking, blockchain, financial health, and of course, online lending, as well as other areas of fintech. There will be over 5,000 attendees, over 250 sponsors, and registration is now open. Just go to lendit.com to register. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Anthony Noto. He is the CEO of SoFi. Now, I think pretty much every listener has heard of SoFi. They really are one of the highest profile companies in all of fintech. They seem to have more news than pretty much any other company. I see them in the news pretty much every week, it seems like, these days. And they're really pushing the envelope. They're moving from just focusing on the lending side of the business to a really fully diversified financial services company. Now, I wanted to get Anthony on the show. He's been in the job now for over a year. And you know, I wanted to talk about you know how the last year has been, where the focus is today, what are some of the things that he's excited about, what are some of the things they're working on? And just we go through all the various different pieces of the SoFi business. It was a fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I'd like to get this thing started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. You've, you've certainly had an interesting career with some, some pretty high-profile positions. So why don't you give us some of the highlights? I've been fortunate to be part of some great organizations with you know phenomenal cultures and and really well known brands or, or products. I spent just about four years at Twitter uh, prior to coming to SoFi, uh, first as the chief financial officer and then as the chief operating officer. We accomplished a lot of great things at Twitter and and really restructured and, and turned around the company and really proud of what the team was able to accomplish there and to be a part of that team. Prior to being at Twitter, I spent two different distinct uh, tours at Goldman Sachs, four years from 2010 through 2014 uh, in banking as the head of global technology, media, and telecom banking. And in the first uh, nine years from 1999 to 2000 through 2007, as an equity research analyst focused on technology and media companies, um, initially just on internet and then adding conglomerate entertainment companies and then distribution companies uh, like satellite and, and cable. Uh, in between those two experiences, I was fortunate to spend three years at the National Football League uh, as, as a chief financial officer. Okay. Okay. So you, you've, you've been at SoFi now for just a, a bit over a year. And I'm curious to sort of get your take on you know, how it's been and how has SoFi changed over the last 12 months? Sure. I'm, I'm really proud of the progress that we've made um, since we spoke last year and where we are now. And I want to highlight a couple of important things that tie back to our 2000 and 18 priorities and what we're focused on in 2019, if I could. The number one priority when I arrived at the company was to ensure that we stabilized the core lending products in anticipation of an interest rate environment that would be quite significant over the coming years. And we focused on per loan economics, variable profitability, so that the loans could be durable as interest rates increased and the economy slowed. We meaningfully improved the per loan economics and a variable profit basis 
over the course of the year, focusing on better efficient pricing, uh, a tighter credit model focus, and then really fine-tuning our marketing initiatives to ensure that we're getting high-quality credit, but also managing customer acquisition costs. On the operations side, um, there was an opportunity not just to drive efficiency in our operation on a cost basis, but also in, to improve the value to our members that were applying for loans and shortening the time to fund. And we're able to drive meaningful increases in time to fund across personal loans and student loans on the order of magnitude on personal loans of 50% and about 30% on student loans. Uh, in addition to that, we made a, a really tough decision to pull back a little bit on our home loan business or mortgage business as the experience that we were operating under wasn't up to what we thought was adequate for our members. And so we made a number of different decisions that put us in a great position now in 2019 to really step on the gas and double that business. And so that was the number one priority and I feel like the team hit the cover off the ball. Number two was really um, accelerating our path to providing a broader array of products. Our mission is to help people achieve financial independence and realize their ambitions. And we think in order to do that, we have to help our members, current members and new members, get their money right across borrowing, saving, spending, investing, and protecting. Uh, we'd primarily been a lending business up until the point when I arrived in March, and I really wanted to ensure that by the end of the year, we were in a position to be able to offer SoFi money, which is now available to everyone to help on spending, saving, and paying, and also launch SoFi Invest, uh, which delivers on the investing component of getting your money right. And they were also able to integrate in on the insurance side and to protect um, some partners. So we now have SoFi Money that's available to everyone um, through the mobile application. Uh, SoFi Invest is available to everyone through the mobile application in addition to, uh, in addition to insurance. And so um, the team did a phenomenal job of not just building the product roadmaps to get us to this point, but actually you know, building the code, deploying it, and really building an integrated mobile experience. Our mobile application uh, has been relaunched. The rating had been a 2.8 in the iOS store when I started. It's now a healthy 4.9 on a 5.0 scale. In the iOS store, the mobile app is ranked in the top 80 under finance category. And in the Google Play store, it's ranked in the top, in the top 60. And we're really proud of that. Um, and we're seeing meaningful downloads per day organically on the uh, mobile application, which is helping fuel the demand for SoFi money and, and SoFi Invest. And ironically, even for our loan business. So we're really excited about that. And then our third priority, just to hit on very quickly, was to build the foundation of what the membership experience will be like and to build the principles of what we mean by a member experience. And we were able to do that and put ourselves in a position where you'll start to see that unfold in the mobile app throughout the year, as well as behind the scenes and how we approach pricing, customer service, uh, member events, and member services and benefits. Uh, and the last thing, which you know was probably the most critical to the company's long-term success, was working out our culture and making sure this was a place that people really wanted to work and felt passionate about our mission. Um, we established 11 core values. Uh, they've been shared throughout the company. They're integrated into our day-to-day -day functions and business, as well as evaluation of talent and retention of talent and promotions. And we've just scratched the surface on the possibilities, but I'm really proud of what we were able to accomplish on the cultural side as well. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot there to unpack, and I want to actually 
spend a little bit of time on the different segments here. Um, I'm starting off with student loans because that's that's really still been, I imagine it's still sort of the biggest part of your business. But we, you know, you guys invented student loan refinancing and, you know, and you guys are by far the largest, I think, in the, in the entire country, banks and non-banks, uh, you know, in, in as far as everybody goes. Is this, you know, is this still the main engine of your growth as far as like revenue goes? You know, and and if if so, like how are you continuing to grow? Uh, you know, to become what's becoming a, a fairly mature segment. Yeah, I'd, I'd make a couple of points. We are more diversified than student loan refinancing from so, a member activity from a member activity standpoint. It, it's going to be the case that we'll have more members in SoFi Money and more members in SoFi Invest and SoFi Advice uh, than we have in either student loan refinancing or personal loan refinancing. We're not there yet by. But by the end of the year, um, we're going to be uh, pretty diversified across all, all of those different products. And, and quite frankly, I anticipate that we'll be relatively even across all of those products by the end of the year. And as 2020 unfolds, it's likely going to be the case that we'll see uh, SoFi money and SoFi invest being larger than the number of members in student loan financing as well as personal loan uh, financing. Um, but today, uh, student loan refinancing is still um, a significant percentage of our overall revenue. I was referring before to the number of members that we have, and that and personal loans are the two biggest drivers of revenue in totality. They're both expected to grow quite meaningfully in 2019. Uh, we expect to see an acceleration in our revenue growth, given that we uh, focused on quality in 2018 over quantity to ensure that our loans are durable. Now that we have that right quality measured by variable profitability and return on equity, uh, we can really step on the gas within the credit and quality box that we've created. So um, we expect decent growth from both of those businesses today and an acceleration overall uh, in revenue because of the um, opportunity we have to grow each of those businesses. Right. And then you said, you mentioned before with mortgages, like uh, obviously mortgages, the loan sizes are, are, are much larger. Are you, is this something you're also going to be trying to grow significantly in 2019? We think we could, we have an opportunity to double the loan volume within home loans or mortgages. Um, and that will be a, a, a nice increase in revenue relative to 2018. Our members really want to have a relationship with us beyond one product. We're seeing their cross-buying already happen. On average, it's been the case historically that about 40 to 50% of our mortgages are actually taken out by existing members. Um, we're seeing some really interesting trends of cross-buying in our other products that we're excited about and I think will create a competitive advantage for, for us over time. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's switch to, to SoFi Money and full disclosure. Actually, I am a SoFi Money customer. I, I joined the waiting list as soon as I could and I, uh, I opened my account. I think it was in January and, uh, um, I, I do, I think it's, I think you've done, you've done a really nice job there and having a pretty compelling offering. So, but, but I'm, what I do want to know is like, if you, obviously this is a, this is a product that, uh, is competitive out there, but you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of competitors as well. How are you put, putting, like, I guess two questions. One, how are you actually going to make money on this product? Um, because you are giving, you know, very high interest rates and you're actually, you, you can't hold deposits yourself, at least as of yet. So I guess maybe let's start there. How are you, how are you planning on making money on this product? Yeah, I, I'd make a couple of points. First, I'd say we're looking at all of our products holistically. 
across a member relationship and how those relationships translate into our overall business model, including revenue and cost. And so there's an interrelationship between all of our products that we'll focus on over the long term. Um, but just to answer your specific question on SoFi Money, um, there are two primary revenue streams that we generate from SoFi Money today, and there could be more in the future. Uh, the first primary revenue stream is uh, the interest that we make on your deposits through a partnership that we have, and that's pretty common of both existing banks and, and new bank competitors. And the second revenue stream we generate is an exchange rate on your debit transactions. We do not charge any other fees from an account, an account fee standpoint. ATMs are rebated, so you have complete access uh, to your money to spend where you want and be able to spend as much as you want. The important thing about our product is that we're giving you a really high interest rate at 2.25% and no requirements on direct deposit or on balance minimums. And you have access to that cash when you need it, where you need it to be able to pay, whether it's person-to-person payments, bill pay electronically, bill pay will send a check for you. You can transfer money in and out of the account to your other accounts, and you have the functionality of a debit card, ATM card, and of course, uh, the integration with Apple Pay and Samsung and Google Pay. So uh, we're trying to give you the best of uh, both worlds as it relates to how to how to manage your money on spending, saving, and paying. Okay, okay, so that makes sense. So when I like, I open up my my SoFi Money account, which I have right now, and you, you really are you can see you're, you're you're pushing other products here. Right underneath it is is SoFi Invest, and I'll, I want to get to that in a second. So. Are you like obviously the, the student loan product, personal loan products? They're fairly high margin products. Are you? And you've talked to yourself. You've already said that you're going to you expect a lot of large numbers of people signing up here. Do you expect significant cross sell between you know the SoFi money and then your loan products? Yes, absolutely. We we're already observing. Without today, we're not trying to bring any new product marketing in the app to a SoFi money member or SoFi invest member. And people are using the application to sign up for those products. They're using those products. They're becoming aware of other products, and then they're using a, a second product. So it's very small numbers in total, and um, but the observation on a percentage basis is much better than we thought it would be, and it's very encouraging. So our strategy is to really put the member at the center of what we're building and deliver to them the best borrowing or savings or spending or investing or protecting experience that we can. And our hope is that as we do that and they – become comfortable with the brand and they trust the brand, they'll be aware of the other services that we're offering across those five activities. And then they'll consider those brands when they're making that choice. And the early signs are that's working. Okay. So then then with, with SoFi Invest, you know, that's, I can see it's, it's obviously, it's on you. It's a, there's a big, uh, there's a button on your, your homepage with, uh, uh, with SoFi Invest. So it's clearly something you're also pushing hard and it seems like you know you've you've launched a you've launched a brokerage business. I mean, I feel like in the last month there's been there's been news coming out of you guys almost every week, pretty much. With you got the brokerage business, you're talking about zero fee ETFs, you know, talking about crypto trading, partnering with Coinbase. So maybe just take a step back and see and say what is SoFi Invest kind of what what are you trying to achieve here? Are you, you are you trying to be the one stop shop? So you, no one ever has to go to Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard or whatever. What what are you trying to achieve with SoFi Invest? Yeah, so I tie it back to our overall job to be done and then our mission. So 
uh, when I mention the word job to be done, I'm, I'm, I'm really applying to our differentiation the concept that Clayton Christensen used in his book, Competing Against Luck, in that we ask ourselves, why will a member hire us versus others? And we think our job to be done in that hiring decision by a member is to help them get their money right. And if we help them get their money right, they'll reach financial independence and realize their ambitions. In order to help them get their money right, we're focused on all the activities that you do with the money as opposed to products or businesses. And those activities are borrowing, saving, investing, spending, and protecting. So our, our initiative behind SoFi Invest is to help people invest better and get their money right because they're investing better in addition to the other activities. And we think about within that category of SoFi Invest, we want to offer a fast, easy-to-use solution, the fastest place to open an account, the fastest place to fund, the fastest place to buy a stock or an ETF or to invest in a robo strategy, the fastest place to sell, uh, the fastest place to do research, always accessible, always convenient. Second is selection. And so we're focused not on just offering robo advisory strategies, but also offering single stocks, ETFs, and our own ETFs for that matter to fill in a void where our direct target of millennials and Gen Z may have an area of particular interest that's not being met by the selection that's being offered by others across the investing universe. So um, the first is fast, the second is selection, the third is content, and the fourth is convenience. As it relates to content, it's a broad strategy. It's everything from education to helping for planning. And so we do provide on the platform, on the mobile app, um, articles and blogs about investing, about dollar cost averaging, and to educate our members. In addition to that, within the app, you can click on the membership tab, which is right um, on the home uh, toolbar in the bottom next to the home tab, and choose to sign up for a certified financial planning session with one of our certified uh, financial planners. You can schedule that right in the app and use your phone uh, to conduct that, that conversation. And so it's not just the products that we're offering in a fast way, but also supplementing with content across the spectrum of everything from uh, quotes and news about companies to news about business to original content to also live um, planners. And then last, uh, convenience. We want people to be able to access their accounts from any device at any time. Uh, and there are a number of other convenience factors that we'll add in over time, in addition to the other four uh, differentiators that I mentioned. Right, right. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, regulation. And, you know, you guys, it was before your time at SoFi, but you guys, you know, you, you had an ILC application out there, which you guys pulled. And clearly, you're sort of you know, you are entering into so many different areas of financial services and it would, I'm sure it would be nice to have, you know, access to, to the banking, uh, the banking system directly. So where, where are you at with, you know, bank charters today? Uh, sure. 2019, we, we have five priorities. The first is to build a, a mobile first, member first experience and drive the penetration of SoFi money, SoFi investment, SoFi advice. Our second key priority in 2019 is to build out the membership experience more broadly and more overtly to the, the members as they come on the platform. And our third is to continue to drive efficiency and effectiveness of our lending platform. Um, and as it relates to that, we will evaluate different ways to lower our costs of funding and financing. Uh, we're really fortunate today in that we have a three-layered approach to financing the loans. We have our own capital, which is as publicly reported, has been $2 billion of equity that's been raised. In addition to that, we have partnerships with a number of banks over 
uh, 20 banks that provide us nearly $6 billion of warehouse facilities. And we also have a very important unsecured uh, line of credit that's over $500 million. There is an opportunity for us to lower our cost of funding by building a deposit business and having the company as a whole being a IDI, insured deposit institution. There are a couple paths to go down as it relates to that. We're evaluating those paths, whether it's a national banking charter or an LLC, and the team is in, in the process of really thinking through all the strategic implications of either one. Uh, we haven't made any decisions either on either one or actually going forward uh, to try to become a IDI type of company, but it's clearly an opportunity for us to meaningfully lower our cost of funding by about 50%. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Okay, so then when you look at the, at the, at the broader market today, you've got, you know, all these different, you know, challenger banks that are, that are, or neo banks, I guess you call them, like, you know, Chime, Stash, Varro, and many others. You've got the Europeans coming, Revolut, Monzo, N26. And then you've also got the big banks who are all, you know, many of them are, are putting out digital offerings, um, directly to sort of your, your, you know, the target market of millennials and, and, uh, Gen Z. So, who do you see? Who do you see as your main competitor today, and how are you differentiating? Yeah, I don't think about it in that construct. Um, I think about it in the construct of who provides better borrowing, who provides competitive abilities to spend, to be able to invest, to be able to protect. So we think about those activities because those activities are trying to help our members do better. And you know, as you can imagine, there's a long list of companies that fit under each one of those. Uh, five activities. So right. there's there's no one competitor. It's we're competing against that that activity, which is offered by not just traditional banks, also fintech companies, and then what I'd say is increasingly probably non fintech companies. Okay, okay. So then, so basically, then if you look at obviously the SoFi Invest, you've got to make something really compelling because you've got you've got. Yeah, people are offering free stock trading now. There's, there's, there's free mutual funds, and you, I know you guys have the free ETFs. So, so we're looking at that specifically then, and it's it's a very sophisticated space already with with many firmly entrenched players. I mean, I, I saw you saw you was was the like the zero zero fee ETF. You know, got a lot of a lot of uh, publicity. I'm just curious about. How you sort of make a dent in the millions and millions of customers out there that you know, as as you know, it's it's not easy to get people to switch. Are you focused primarily then for with this particular product on people starting, uh, saying uh, like an investment or a, or a, an investment program for the very first time? Are you trying to get people to switch or, or or both? Yeah, our core target, and I use the word core purposefully. Our core target for SoFi Invest is a new or beginning investor. Okay. And our goal, our goal is to help educate them on the benefits of investing to get their money right. Our goal is to help educate them on, on how to actually invest and to over time become more confident in what they're investing in and what they expect from a performance and a, and a risk standpoint. One of the reasons why we're offering, you know, we're, we're on the path of offering stocks and fractional shares. And one of the reasons why we're offering unique ETFs and one of the reasons why we're not charging for trades or charging on the ETFs um, that we've announced and also offering robo-advisory is to make sure that as we start to drive a connectivity point between us and a potential investor, new or beginning, that they have the broad selection they would consider. Some want to buy stocks. Some would prefer to start with a robo-account. Some would prefer to buy a small amount of something 
that they already buy as a consumer, but actually the cost of one share is too high relative to what they would like to pay. As an example, Amazon is a company that has a stock price that's for one share is a really meaningful amount of investment. And so being able to buy that in a fractional share is unique. So we want to help these new and beginning investors take the money that's sitting in their cash account or their money account that's not earning interest, that's not really compounding over time, and slowly educate them on buying things that they like and being confident in what investing really means. And taking them from someone that's very familiar, like in the case of a consumer that spends a lot of money on on Amazon, and having them become an owner of one of those uh, companies that they spend a lot of money on. And then over time, as they get confident and understand what investing means, bringing them along the path of a more diversified portfolio that has a risk-adjusted return that meets their individual long-term financial goals. The fact that we have stocks, we'll soon have fractional shares, we have ETFs, we'll soon have our own ETFs, and we have robo, and there's no charging for trading or commissions, it's actually very unique, reduces the friction, and gives them the assortment they would consider across the range of things that they would do first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I want to go back to the lending business for a second and talk about you know, securitization. You know, I went back and looked at some of the numbers uh, from Peer IQ uh, last year, and you know, you guys, you guys were more than fifty percent of the the total volume that went through in the online lending space in in the securitization markets. In the you know, talk, talking about consumer and student loans, so. Do you still look at securitization as, you know, really the, an absolutely critical funding source as you, you know, as you start, to, you know, when you, when you look, look at expanding and increasing the volume of the loans you put through? You know, we're evaluating a variety of different types of financing sources for the loans. You know, we obviously cannot use SoFi money deposits or SoFi invest deposits uh, for a financing source without a bank license at SoFi, either mm-hmm. an ILC or a, a national charter. So at some point, if we have an IDI organizational structure um, and a charter, we could consider that. But until we do, it's really not even a question. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So then I, you haven't mentioned it, and I presume this is not on the horizon, but I know the listeners will want me to ask this question. IPO plans uh, for, for 2019, any, anything, where are, you, where are you at with uh, a potential future IPO? It's not a priority and we, and we have no plans as it relates to that. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So then, I mean, I feel like you've got, you've got so much that you're, that you're trying to do here. Do you, you know, it feels to me when I, I say so the news comes out all the time. I'm curious to see, like, as you're, as you're managing the, the different areas of your business, how are you kind of, I mean, where do you spend your time personally? Are you, are you really, and obviously you've got a strong investment background with Goldman Sachs. You've, you know, um, obviously you spend time at Twitter. Um, but where, like what areas of the business are you most connected to right now? I don't think I would highlight one area as it relates to the businesses of being more connected than the others. They're all in different stages of, uh, business formation. And so I'm spending equal parts on all of the different you know, five different areas that I mentioned. Um, outside of the day-to-day running of, the, of those businesses, I'm spending a significant amount of my time on recruiting great talent. We're hiring a significant number of people in 2019. And one of the major areas of focus within the overall hiring is great product engineering and design people. 
we've we've launched a lot in a year, and we have very ambitious plans to continue to ship more and more innovation every week. And so that's the area of the company overall that I'm the most focused on attracting, retaining great talent. Um, I'd say the second area outside of the businesses and attracting and retaining great talent is on partnerships, strategic partnerships, as they can accelerate uh, the path forward and making sure that we have the right top-to-top relationships with key partners, uh, both current partners and future partners. And then last, really focused on building out the best culture in the world. Our goal is to have the best culture in the world, and we do not believe it takes any special type of innovation or technology or access to capital to get there. It really requires leadership, alignment, and accountability. And we're committed to having the best culture in the world and making sure those three things are true. And so I spend a lot of time uh, on that as well. Okay. So then where are you hiring people? I mean, you still, I mean, I know you've got a San Francisco office, Hillsburg. I think there's something in Montana, I think from memory or Idaho. Where are you hiring people today? Yeah, geographically, we're hiring from all of our current locations across the eight different cities that we have physical locations in. Uh, we've added a a small office in Seattle, um, in addition to what we have already. As it relates to people, you know, we've been really fortunate to be able to ha- hire really experienced people from the leading technology companies um, in the United States and the leading financial companies. I've been quite pleased with. Um, our ability to attract some people that have achieved significant things from the consumer internet and technology world, in addition to getting some real experienced executives from the traditional financial world. Rich Garside is our head of global operations, 30-plus year veteran from Citi. Uh, Saf Ronin is our is our head of product who came from Amazon, where he was a key leader driving the growth of Alexa shopping. Tony Donahoe came from Expedia as the head of the Expedia brand CTO, and he's our CTO. Uh, Michelle Gill is our CFO, who was a partner at Goldman Sachs, and uh, and then was an investor in structured products at at TPG. We've also been able to hire great business unit leaders uh, in, in each one of our business units from the walks of the financial services industry. So I've been really pleased with our ability to find really talented, experienced people across a big, diverse area of uh, of industries. Okay, okay, we're almost out of time, but what is what is the total headcount today? Uh, we're about 1,400 people. Okay, okay. And so just two more questions before I go. One real quick. Do you find are the, are the challenges that SoFi had in 2017, do you feel like obviously you, that, that's, it's well behind you now? Are you still asked about that when, you, or you, you know, when you're talking to new hires, when you're talking to reporters, or do you feel like this is it's now ancient history? I am definitely not asked about that. I'm more asked about how do you build a culture? Are you committed to building a culture? What's the mission of the company? Is the company as a whole passionate about that mission? You know, where where do you want to take the business over the next five to ten years, as opposed to the next next year? Um, I would say those are the three biggest focus areas for the people we're trying to hire generally. And then when you get into specific cross-functional areas and expertise like technology, there's definitely a focus on innovation and using new technologies and how to think about the impact of those technologies over the long term. And then on the financial side, without a doubt, there's questions about regulation and our ability to operate in a regulatory environment and to, as a regulated entity, which we already are, uh, given we have loan licenses by state. In addition to really understanding the amount of impact uh, there is in the business because of regulation, all of which, you know, we think is uh, 
is reasonable and as long as to operate at a at a really high pace of growth. Okay, so last question. I mean, I'm sure you're not going to tell me anything that hasn't been announced yet. But where, what part of your business will should we expect the most the, the most future announcements this year? What, what, where are you really focusing on innovating the most? You know, I, I tie it back to our priorities. So number one is uh, continue to innovate on being a mobile member first company with leading products in SoFi Money, SoFi Invest, and SoFi Advice. And so that's the number one priority, and, and I would put that at the top of the list. But right behind it is building out the member experience in a transparent and more overt way to the outside world. And then third is our, our focus on ensuring that we continue to drive really fast, efficient, and effective uh, lending with, with our, our existing and, and new members. So those would be the three key business focus areas. Okay, Anthony, we'll have to leave it there. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. Okay, see ya. SoFi are just such a fascinating case study to me. They, you know, starting out as a really a monoline lender in student loan refinancing and, you know, not just going into other areas of lending, but, you know, other completely different areas of finance. And, you know, the whole, I always, always thought that the secret to SoFi's success was the fact they were able to, to execute so well, um, particularly on the, on the lending side of the business. Now, I think, you know, you have to, after talking with Anthony, you can really see sort of that military background, which you didn't talk about. But you, know, you see that sort of no nonsense execution type uh, mentality that uh, that Anthony is bringing to the table here, and you know I, I think it, it, it is going to be one of the most fascinating things to watch over the coming next few years is to see you know how SoFi evolves. Can they be a, a success in all these different areas of their company? I'm certainly not betting against them. Uh, it's going to be interesting, and uh, I'll be following along like everybody else. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's episode was sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA 2019, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's happening April 8th through 9th at Moscone West in San Francisco. It's going to be the largest fintech event held in the Bay Area in 2019. We'll be covering online lending, blockchain, digital banking, and much more. You can find out all about it and register at lendit.com.